Oh my god, look at those deer. Oh my god, there's so many of them. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, five. It's like, it's like, in, the, it's like in the backyard of a Catholic church. Yeah, oh my god. Oh no, oh, the... no those, little, those little guys are just gonna die eventually. Oh, why? Why was that the way? Because they're so close to the road. Oh, they'll be fine. Oh, Speaking man. of which, when I interviewed Matt in his, right in his backyard, he was standing out there with his baby and he was just looking at four deer right in front of him. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Um, anyways, I hope those deer are safe. Where, where are we? Where are we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're in the woods. You're in the woods of Kingston Springs. Mm. Yeah, in my little studio that we just built out here and um, just west of town. Hmm. Yeah, Kingston Springs, just a little bedroom community in Nashville. And um, it actually used to be a destination spot. They had a hotel, which is actually still standing closer to town. And... Um, People come out on the railroad and then go into this this hotel and then go to the springs. Mm. Um, and I understand there was also some houses out back where uh, the oldest profession in the in the world occurred. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, hot springs and prostitution. Mm. It's it's a rich history <laughs> here in uh, Kingston Springs. <laughs> when was that? Um. I don't. I don't know. I want to say maybe the twenties, thirties, you know, around there. Maybe I'm not exactly sure, but that's that was how it began. It was just that Kingston Springs Hotel. Yeah. Um, and it's. I actually went in there. It's abandoned, <laughs> and um, and I took my camera in there. I'll show you the pictures. <laughs> and um, there's like a couple of old pianos, and and it's and it's all kind of dilapidated, but it's a really cool building. There's like sheet music sort of strewn on the floor. It looks like. I mean, it's a beautiful spot, but it's like, it's kind of creepy, you know, but some of the old furniture is still in there and it's just, uh, this woman owns it and uh, just is letting it go to waste, which is unfortunate because it's really a historical and very interesting looking old hotel. I'm Alex Steed, and this is Nashville Demystified. That was Carolyn Kendrick, a singer and songwriter and new Nashvillian we talked with in our first episode. This is Matt Combs, a Grand Ole Opry fiddler and mandolinist, uh, who we also talked with in our first episode. Again, this is Nashville Demystified. I'm Alex Steed. Typically, the show is one where I talk with a relatively new Nashvillian about something I'd like to understand further, and then I talk with someone who's been here longer and presumably an expert in that arena. I wanted to produce this show as a means of getting to know the city better myself. I'm new as of February, and I wanted to know more about the city's history and culture and what better way than to uh, force yourself to talk to people about it on a weekly basis. Um, I should probably tell you that Nashville Demystified is brought to you by Knack Factory, and we own this town. This is the fifth episode. It's a comparatively short one, but it's a check-in of sorts. I don't know if I'm going to make this a regular occurrence throughout the first season, but I wanted to check in on things that people have said specific to modern Nashville, new Nashville as it were. 
when you get here, you hear over and over about how Nashville is changing. And that sentiment is not especially new. Um, I've talked about the movie Nashville in the past. I'm going to talk about it again in future episodes, but it's essentially a dialogue uh, about um, cities that are changing and cities that feel like sort of new folks are uh, uh, shepherding some sort of more monumental change. While Nashville is changing has long been a constant refrain, it's safe to say that the rate at which it has changed since the recession is truly next level. Nashville's rate of development is in the top 5% in the country, putting it in the same tier as New York City. In a documentary about Nashville's urban inner city areas that I recently saw called Cashville, I heard someone refer to it as becoming the LA of the South. And so again, I wanted to check in with my guests so far and hear how they describe the city. We begin somewhat irreverently, uh, as you heard at the top, and that irreverence uh, even sort of speaks to the change and impact of development on everyone and everything that lives here. Matt's anecdote was just uh, interesting, uh, but it explores the arc of de development to just sort of know that this is a place where um, <laughs> it's hard for even the wild to live. Almost everything here, with a few exceptions, didn't air in the episodes where the guest originally appeared. Um, if this were the 90s, this would be kind of the supplemental material that becomes the second DVD in a special edition box set, but that's for uh, listeners of a certain age. One thing that immediately struck me as I was looking for documentaries about the city on YouTube, and I should say there are so many of those documentaries that we'll probably explore them in future episodes, is that my podcast, like so much of Nashville, or so much of New Nashville, I'm sorry, is woefully white. And I am four official episodes in, that's eight guests, and we have no voices of color to show for it. So I'm pretty stoked on the gender parody that has appeared in these episodes. Um, we'd like to see that to continue. Um, and absolutely, I have guests of color scheduled for upcoming episodes, but I wanted to let you know that this is something of which I'm definitely aware, and it's increasingly clear as I watched a number of those documentaries about the city. And finally, I'm going to play all of the back-to-back -back, uh, episodes in the form of a narrative, so there won't really be introductions about who you're hearing from. You've already heard from singer-songwriter Carolyn Kendrick, mandolinist and fiddler Matt Combs. We're going to pick back up with Matt and then go to Katie Hartford Hogue, who oversees John Hartford's uh, estate, fiddler Brittany Haas, writer Sarah Marshall, homeless and human rights activist Lindsey Cranks, and councilman Anthony Davis. But before we begin, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Consider giving it a review if you can, uh, and please share it with a friend. Really, all of these things help. We're on Instagram and Twitter at National Demystified, and we're on the, uh, let's see, what will we say? The uh, uh, pus-swollen, uh, ingrown nail <laughs> that is Facebook these days. If you have any feedback you want to send to me directly or ideas for future shows, you can reach me at podcast at knackfactory.com. Sorry, this is so convoluted, but it's podcast at knack-factory.com. That's knack-factory.com. And that's it for me for now. Uh, listen to these people and then we'll chat at the end. I'm from from Portland, Maine, and I had uh, now, and I've only been here for six weeks, but now anytime anyone from Maine is here, they let me know that they're here. <laughs> <laughs> and they complain about 
uh, Nashville because they came and they visited for uh-huh. like a professional thing or something like that. And then, uh, you know, like anytime you go to, you, you go to another city for work, well, you're, you're in a different line of work than a lot of these people I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. you know, they, you end up getting put up downtown, you know, and, and if you don't venture anywhere else and you're just stuck in a, in a city's downtown, um, it's going to be a terrible situation for you. Yeah, you know? It can be if you're not into, uh, <laughs> Uh, pedal taverns and you know, <laughs> that nightmare that's happening down there. Yeah, and I think also like it was like like March Madness was you know. Was oh right. So they, yeah. they weren't like a, a couple of people were just taken aback, like they had no idea what that was going it's on. It's insane down there. It really is. <laughs> like I don't go downtown anymore unless I'm working. But I was working downtown with the symphony a while, a few couple months ago, playing the mandolin with the symphony, and so I was walking out of the concert hall at you know 10 p.m. Saturday night and. It was a complete and utter madhouse. Had yeah. this guy try to fight me? I was just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. That was my first. My, my my I hadn't been I hadn't been to the city um, for about ten years before I came back a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And my fr- yeah, that was exactly my first experience back. Was I was just trying to walk back to a hotel. And some dude just tried to fight me. <laughs> wow. What are we putting off? Some sort of like fight me energy? I don't know. We're tall guys, you know. Yeah. It's the, they want to take us it. down first in the prison. Hey, maybe room. we'll fight at the end of the podcast. <laughs> that's how this comes together. Winner, yeah, winner takes all. How do you describe Nashville? Well, Nashville's changing a little bit. Mm. Very different from it where it was when I grew up here. But I would say if I had to describe Nashville to someone, Nashville at its core is a friendly, approachable place. There is a thriving art scene. I mean, yeah, there's country music. Country music's a part of it. It's not the whole. It's a part of it. There's a thriving visual arts, performing arts, there's music. You can go to the big music places and that's great if you only want to get a surface view of Nashville, but try going to the smaller places. Go to Douglas Corner, go to Third and Lindsley, go to go out to East Nashville and, and, and go to some of the places out there and hear some live music. You're gonna hear touring musicians playing in very small, intimate locations. If you start digging into those little little spots and trying to find that underground of what Nashville really is, anybody who lives here knows that there's so much more to Nashville than what people think. And like the tourism thing, you know, if you, you can go down to Lower Broadway and, and that's fine if that's your thing, but there's so much more to Nashville than that. When you say Nashville's obviously changing and everyone talks about it, I know what you're talking about. Like, but what are you talking about? Just the growth, basically. Oh, that, the noise is on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the third time I've recorded this podcast, so I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. Mm. Yeah, I just mean population growth, I guess. The, the way that people are flocking here because it's the it city. Yeah, 30,000 people last year crazy it's wild i don't know i don't know like at what rate the city's losing people so i don't know like what the net gain is but yeah good question but uh, that's wild yeah and the mayor just 
um, put a bunch of money toward making more affordable housing. This is like what I've been researching today for my project that I'm working on right now. Mm. Um, but that's an interesting thing. Like, you know, you see all the condos going up everywhere and you assume that that's just going to like house all the people that are coming to town and that, that it's all going to work out. I don't know. I've never thought about that too specifically, like population growth and like, where does everybody go? And when they build a new building, like what happens to the people that were there before? Right. Where are they now? And who can, who can afford to stay here? And if they can't, then hmm. what are they going to do? Right. They're just, I mean, in a way they're like a condo and it's more of a financial vehicle, right? It's not necessarily like where people are gonna yeah. live, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> it's, totally. it's not, it's not creating housing. It's creating, a, it's creating a, a, a sort of an inflated housing price. Yeah. You have a, a look like, so you're going to the legislature, you're, you're hearing what's happening politically. Um, you have a look at what the change looks like internally. Mm-hmm. Um, how, like how, how does that feel as someone who maybe a couple of years ago was like trying to Google volunteer opportunities <laughs> and not know what to do? I mean, pretty eye opening, pretty, but also overwhelming. Like I don't, necessarily feel like I have a clear idea of what I should be doing mm. but I'm, I'm getting there and learning about what exists and what other people are doing and what what an individual person can do you know if you're not gonna study law and like become a senator or whatever if you're not on that pathway to like be a politician mm. what can you actually do as just somebody who lives here and has an opinion on stuff but then I'm also you know, talking about gentrification, like, I'm part of the problem. I showed up here recently, bought a house, you know, I'm just like, whatever. We're all a part of the change that is happening, so you kind of have to take ownership for it too, I guess. Okay, so we're on a cul-de-sac, and there's, I think you said earlier, seven houses on each side, something like that. And so there's two houses, most of two houses at the end of the street that weren't there a week ago. Mm -hmm. And people who were moving out of the house across the street yesterday, and some ladies came by as I was sitting on the porch today to ask if the place... The other half of this duplex is for rent. <laughs> so we're like here at the moment that like this street looks different now than it did two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it looked different then than it did a month ago. Yeah, I was, I've, I, you know this, but I was, I was running the other day and I just found like a family album <laughs> that, because like when they, there's, there's a, there's a great, there's a great podcast episode about this from a, from National Public Radio mm-hmm. about just the process of tearing these houses down. And it's like not, it's like if a, if a house, just the bank has the house, right? If the, if the, 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 the people who hold the paper in the house don't anymore and the bank takes it, mm-hmm. it's not beneficial to the bank to like go through and like collect personal <laughs> items and make sure it gets to the right people. They just tear the house down with all the stuff in it. And like, there's a literal debris of like people's lives just blowing through the street like family albums like photos i've seen like dresses like i mean it's like a it's uh it's changing so quickly that the remains of the city are like mm-hmm. literally just blowing through the street which is bizarre 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been just hanging out on the porch. I've been on the porch watching the dresses go by. I haven't seen any dresses yet. experienced in the last 10 to 12 years something that a lot of people are now calling hyper gentrification. It's actually like ramped up gentrification. So along the urban core, along the first, second, third rings of the city, um, north, south, east, west, we're experiencing neighborhoods that are flipping. Um, There's a number of factors that gave rise to this situation. So we had some of the first luxury condos that were coming in Nashville around 2006 or so. You know, the the Gulch was starting to change. Other places um, on West End and around downtown were changing. And then the recession hits in 2008. And foreclosures just spring up everywhere. They sweep through the city, often through poor neighborhoods, often through black and brown neighborhoods, disproportionately affecting folks of color. And the bank comes into ownership of, you know, thousands of homes. So what happens from there is that a lot of those homes are sold off on auction, right? Mm. And these private equity firms and groups and corporations buy those at very cheap prices. Then they either flip them and ramp up the rent, so they're making a large profit for their shareholders and investors, or they're selling them off to other corporations who are going to do the same. Because at that point, housing isn't a public good. It's a commodity, Mm. a private commodity to profit from. So we see that sweeping across the city. And at the same time, you have this kind of exodus from the suburbs back to the urban core, right? Mm. So those factors are displacing tons of folks. And we go from, in 2000, having a 2,000-unit surplus of affordable housing to 2015, a few years ago, when we had a deficit of 18,000 units. Mm. So it's this huge flip, right? And we're projected to have a deficit of 35,000 units of affordable housing by 2025. Mm. So this is a huge problem. There's a lot of factors at play. We certainly need more involvement at local government, and that's been the case for years. It's not just all you new people, 85 people a day that drive into Nashville and apparently live here, uh, which has been the stat floated around for several years. So I understand it's going to take all those 85 people a day, whatever it averages out to be, uh, a couple years, I think, to get. First, you got to get settled in your job, and then maybe you have a spouse or maybe you're meeting a spouse or you know whatever it is you're doing in your life. So to me, it's like at least two years when you move here till you're going to even you're going to vote in the presidential election or something but you're not really thinking local politics unless you're just unless you're already were like some active rock star on the city you came from you know um so i think it's an adjustment for people that move here but honestly even before all these new people got here we have a serious deficit in people being active in local politics and 
it's really a shame. And and several of us have done everything we can to like talk about it for years. And you just, if you're in the community more, I think people know you. And then there, so if you get engaged with your representatives, I think that does help. But um, we just have a lot of voters that go out and vote for presidential, maybe, and then it trims down for state. And then at the bottom is city council and school board. That's the other uh, local elected body. They have their own body. That's extremely important. So, you know, council and school board, uh, and there's a few other local things like judges, et cetera. But, um, yeah, it's 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 really an issue that I, I think we need to continue to work on. And what's really cool about Nashville, one cool thing, um, we're combined city and county government. So we don't have, you know, a county government and then a city government where, you know, instead we just have a, one big old body and it's a huge body. We get kind of made fun of sometimes at like the conferences I go to called League of Cities because we're 35 council members and five at large. They're voted around through the whole county, but 35 districts. And so that's 40 members. And then you got a vice mayor who's the just the runs the council meetings and then a mayor. Um, and we're set up as a strong mayor system. But the having the good side of that is having so many districts, uh, and we have that because it's, you know, both city and county, you only represent 18,000 people. And so you have a much better shot of maybe knowing your district council member more than any other elected official you're ever going to get to meet and know and hang out with or whatever, interact with, go to the neighbor. You know, we're at the neighborhood meetings on the ground, you know, monthly with people if you show up. Um, and you can find us on Facebook and you can email us. And, you know, there's there's a million ways to get to us. Um, so while, again, we don't have enough people engaged and we don't have enough people voting in the elections, part of that is because it's on the off year. Or they're on the odd years. Um, but still, we have such a big body and you're very well represented because it's 35 districts in Davidson County. So you ha- everybody has every opportunity to kind of have access and say we are the most democratic body, I always say, ever because we have such a big council. Um, for the city of Nashville. It's a beautiful place. I hope they maintain the soul and the spirit of the city. I'm a little worried about that mm. with all of all the development. And, you know, Nashville's kind of an it city right now. I'm a little concerned about the that whole Lorax situation where all the Onceslers are coming in and chopping down the truffula trees and then they're going to make the needs and then they're going to leave. And then we're left here with what's left. And I hope that the city protects the soul um, that's been here that actually makes Nashville what it is. But I think that's what I would say to some, but it, it's a gracious and friendly city. And, um, but you may have to leave downtown mm. to find that. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Nashville Demystified. Thanks to Jesse LaFontaine for all things related to sound post-production. You can check out the website to see what music appeared in this episode. In coming weeks, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things like black history, queer history. We'll be talking a bit about comedy. We'll probably talk about documentaries. We'll talk about some movies uh, specific to the area. Uh, There's a lot to look forward to. Follow us on all of the places. Subscribe and do all that. It really does help. Thanks again for everything. Nashville Demystified is presented by Knack Factory, and we own this town. Mm-hmm.